Welcome everyone to another episode of Bedtime with Dan. So it's time for a new book. So I'm going to probably read a couple from this and then maybe mix it up. And, but at the minute, the book I'm going to be reading from is Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Um, some of you might know him from his show on Netflix where he did uh, The Sandman, which is a graphic novel that Netflix made into a TV show. It was really good. Um, yeah, so it's about uh, Thor, Odin, and Loki, and it's their sort of stories of of them. So I hope you guys enjoy it. So the first part just gives you a brief explanation about Odin and that, which I thought I'd throw in. So this one might be a bit longer, but here we go. Many gods and goddesses are named in North mythology. You will meet quite a few of them in these pages. Most of the stories we have, however, concern two gods, Odin and his son Thor, and Odin's blood brother, a giant son called Loki, who lives with the Aesir in Asgard. Odin. The highest and the oldest of all the gods is Odin. Odin knows many secrets. He gave his eye for wisdom, more than that, for knowledge of runes, and for power, he sacrificed himself to himself. He hung from the well tree, Yggdrasil, hung there for nine nights. His side was pierced by the point of a spear, which wounded him gravely. The wind clutched at him, buffeted his body as it hung. Nothing did he eat for nine days or nine nights. Nothing did he drink. He was alone there, in pain the light of his life slowly going out. He was cold, in agony, and on the point of death, when his sacrifice bore dark fruit. In the ecstasy of his agony, he looked down, and the runes were revealed to him. He knew them, and understood them and their power. The rope broke then, and he fell, screaming from the tree. Now he understood magic. Now the world was his to control. Odin has many names, he is the Allfather, the Lord of the Slain, the Gallows God. He is the God of the Gargos and of his prisoners. He is called Grimnir and Third. He has different names in every country, for he is worshipped in different forms and in many tongues, but it is always Odin they worship. He travels from place to place in disguise to see the world as people see it. When he walks among us, he does so as a tall man wearing a cloak and hat. He has two ravens, who he calls Hungin and Munin, which mean thought and memory. These birds fly back and forth across the world, seeking news and bringing Odin all the knowledge of things. They perch on his shoulders and whisper in his ears. When he sits on his high throne in Lindiskarf, he observes all things, whenever, whenever they may be, Nothing is hidden from him. He brought war into the world. Battles are begun by throwing a spear at the hostile army, dedicating the battle and its death to Odin. If you survive in battle, it is Odin's. It is with Odin's grace. And if you fall, it is because he has betrayed you. If you fall bravely in war, the Valkyries, beautiful battle maidens who collect the souls of the noble dead, will take you and bring you to the hall known as Valhalla. He will be waiting for you in Valhalla, 
and there you will drink and fight and feast and battle with Odin as your leader. Thor. Thor is Odin's son, is the Thunderer. He is straightforward where his father Odin is cunning, good-natured where his father is devious. Huge he is, and red-bearded and strong, by far the strongest of all gods. His might is increased by his belt of strength, Meganjord. When he wears it, his strength is doubled. Thor's weapon is Mjolnir, a remarkable hammer forged for him by dwarfs. Its story you will learn, trolls and frost giants and mountain giants are tremble when they see Mjolnir, for it will kill so many of their brothers and friends. Thor wears iron gloves, which help him grip the hammer shaft. Thor's mother is Jord, the earth goddess. Thor's son is Modi, the angry, and Magni the strong. Thor's door is Thrud the powerful. His wife is Sif of the golden hair. She has a son, Yule, before she married Thor, married Thor, and Thor is Yule's stepfather. Yule is a god who hunts with bow and arrows, and he is a god with skis. Thor is the defender of Asgard and Midgard. There are many stories about Thor and his adventures, and you will counter some here. Loki. Loki is very handsome. He is plausible, convincing, likable, and far and away the most wily, subtle, and shrewd of all the inhabitants of Asgard. It is a pity, then, that there is so much darkness inside him, so much anger, so much envy, and so much lust. Loki is the son of Lefei, who is also known as Null, or Needle, because he is slim and beautiful and sharp. His father was said to be Farbauti, a giant. His name means who will strike dangerous blows. And Farbauti was a dangerous in his name. Loki walks in the sky with shoes that fly, and he can transform his shape so he looks like other people, or change into animal form. But his real weapon is his mind. He is more cunning, subtler, trickier than any god or giant. Not even Odin is cunning as Loki. Loki is Odin's blood brother. The other gods do not know when Loki came to Asgard, or how. He is Thor's friend and Thor's betrayer. He is tolerated by the gods, perhaps because... His stratagems and plans save them as often as they get them in trouble. Loki makes the world more interesting but less safe. He is the father of monsters, the author of woes and the sly god. Loki drinks too much and he cannot guard his words and his thoughts or his deeds when he drinks. Loki and his children will be there for Ragnarok, the end of everything, and it will not be on the side of the gods of Asgard that they will be fighting. So that's just a little summary of the three main gods in the stories. Most of you know because of Marvel. Obviously there's a lot of difference in it, but most people know who they are. So the first story, before the beginning and after. So they're quite short, but hope you enjoy them.
Before the beginning, there was nothing. No earth, no heavens, no stars, no sky, only the mist world, formless and shapeless, and the fire world always burning. To the north of Niflheim, the dark world. Here, eleven poisonous rivers cut through the mist, each springing from the same well at the centre of all, and roaring maelstrom called Velgamir. Niflheim was colder than cold, and the murky mist that cloaked everything hung heavy. The skies were hidden by the mist, and the ground was clouded by the chilly fog. To the south was Muspel. Muspel was fire. Everything there glowed and burned. Muspel was light, where Niflheim was grey. Molten lava, where the mist world was frozen. The land was aflame, with the roaring heat of the blacksmith's fire. There was no solid earth, no sky, nothing but sparks and spurting heat, molten rocks and burning embers. It must be the edge of the flame where the mist burns into light, where the land ends stood Sota, who existed before the gods. He stands there now. He holds the flaming sword and bubbling lava and the freezing mist are as one of him. It is said that Ragnarok, which is the end of the world, and only then, Salter will leave his station. He will go forth from Muspel with his flaming sword and burn the world with fire, and one by one the gods will fall before him. Between Muspel and Niflheim was a void, an empty place of nothingness without form. The rivers of the mist world flowed into the void, which was called Ginner Gap and Yawning Gap. Over time, beyond measure, these poisoned rivers in the region between fire and mist slowly solidified into huge glaciers. The ice in the north of the void was covered in frozen fog and the pellets of hail. But to the south, where the glaciers reached the land of fire, the embers and sparks from Muspel met the ice, and the warm winds from the flames and the warm winds from the flame lands made the air above the ice as gentle and as comfortable as a spring day. Where the ice and the fire met, the ice melted, and in the melting waters life appeared. The likeness of a person bigger than worlds, huger than any giant there would be or has ever been. This was neither male nor it was female but was both at the same time. This creature was the ancestor of all giants and called itself Mir. Mir was not the only living thing to be formed by the melting of the ice. There was also a hornless cow, more enormous than the mind could hold. She licked the salty blocks of ice for food and for drink, and the milk that ran from her four udders flowed like rivers. It was this milk that nourished Mir, the giant drank the milk and grew. Mir called the cow Yudhummel. The cow's pink tongue licked people from the blocks of ice. The first day only a man's hair, the second his head, and the third day the shape of the whole man would have, was revealed. This was Buri, the ancestor of the gods. Mir slept, and while it slept, it gave birth. A male and a female giant were born from beneath Mir's left arm, 
a six-headed giant born from its legs. From these Mir's children, all giants are descended. Bari took a wife from among these giants, and they had a son, whom they called Bor. Bor married Belsla, daughter of a giant, and together they had three sons, Odin, Vili, and V. Odin, Vili, and V, the three sons of Bor, grew into manhood. They saw as they grew far off the flames of Muspel and the darkness of Niflheim. But they knew that each place would be death for them. The brothers were trapped forever in Ginnagap, the vast gap between the fire and the mist. They might as well have been nowhere. <clears throat> there was no sea and no sand, no grass nor rocks, nor soil, no trees, no sky, no stars. <clears throat> there was no world. No heaven, no earth at that time. The gap was nowhere. Only an empty place waiting to be filled with life and with existence. It was time for the creation of everything. V and Vili and Odin looked at each other and spoke of what was needed to do. There in the void of Gap, they spoke of the universe and of life and of the future. Odin, Vili and V killed the giant Mir. It had to be done. There was no other way to make the worlds. This was the beginning of all things, the death that made all life possible. They stabbed the great giant. Blood gushed out from Mir's corpse in unimaginable quantities. Fountains of blood as salt as the sea and grey as the ocean gushed out of the flood so sudden. So powerful and so deep that it swept away and drowned all the giants. Only one giant, Bergamir, Mir's grandson, and his wife survived by clambering onto the wooden box which bore them like a boat. All the giants we see and we fear today are descending from them. Odin and his brothers made the soil for Mir's flesh. Mir's bones they piled into mountains and cliffs. <clears throat> Our rocks and pebbles, the sand and gravel you see, these are Mir's teeth and fragments of bones that were broken and crushed by Odin, Vili and V in the battle with Mir. The seas that girdled the world, these were Mir's blood and his sweat. Look up at the sky, you are looking in the inside of Mir's skull. The stars you see at night, the planets and all the comets and shooting stars, these are sparks that flew from the fires of Muspel, and the clouds you see by day, these were Mir's brains. And who knows the thoughts they were thinking even now. The world is a flat disc and the sea encircles the premier. Giants live at the edge of the world besides the deepest seas. To keep the giants at bay, Odin, Vili and V made a wall from Mir's eyelashes and set it around the middle of the world. They called this place within the wall Midgard. Midgard was empty the lands were beautiful, but nobody walked the meadows or fished in the clear waters. Nobody explored the rocky mountains or stared up at the clouds. Odin, Vili and V knew that the world is not the world until it is inhabited. They wandered high and low looking for people, and they found nothing. At least on the rocky shingle at the edge of the sea, they found two logs. Sea tossed that they floated there on the tides and being cast ashore. The first log was a log of ash wood. 
The ash tree is resilient and handsome, and its roots go deep. Its wood carves well and will not split or crack. Ashwood makes a good tool hand and the shaft of a spear. The second log they found, besides the first on the beach, so close to the first log they were almost touching, was the log of elmwood. The elm tree is graceful, but the wood is hard enough but its wood is hard enough to be made into the toughest planks and beams. You can build a fine home or hall from elmwood. The gods took the two logs. They set the logs so they were upright in the sand, the height of people. Odin held them, and one by one they breathed life into them. No longer were they dead logs on the beach. Now they were alive. Vili gave them will. He gave them intelligence and drive. Now they could move and they could do what they want. V carved the logs. He gave them the shape of people. He carved their ears that they might hear and their eyes so they might see and their lips so they might speak. The two logs stood on the beach, two naked people. V had carved one with male genitals and the other with female. The three brothers made clothes for the woman and the man to cover themselves and to keep them warm in the chilly sea spray on the beach at the edge of the world. Last of all, they gave the two people they had made names. They, the man they called Ask or Ashtree, the woman they called Embla or Elm. Ask and Embla were the father and mother of all of us. Every human being owes its life to its parents <clears throat> and their parents and their parents before them. Go far enough back and the ancestors of each of us were Ask and Embla. Embla. Embla and Ask stayed in Midgard, safe behind the wall the gods had made from years eyelashes. In Midgard, they would make their homes, protected from giants and monsters and all the dangers that waited in the wastes. In Midgard, they could raise the children in peace. That is the way Odin is called. Oh, that is why Odin is called the All Father, because he was the father of gods, and because he breathed the breath of life into our grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. Whether we are gods or mortals, Odin is the father of us all. So there's the first story. Just a little insight into how the world was created. It seems a bit religious, but I swear that the stories get better than that. But Hope you enjoyed that one and you get a little taste of, you know, stories to come. And um, I'll catch you on Friday for the regular show. See you later, guys.